Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tell Me Everything here on Sirius XM Progress. My name's Joe Sudbay. I'm going to be with you tonight and for the next several days, guest hosting for John Fugelsang. And you guys, I am so charged up. I know we've been talking a lot on this show and on this channel about how things have gotten better for Democrats. And it's really been showing up. It showed up on Tuesday evening in New York with the surprise win by Pat Ryan in New York 19 and the very close margin in New York 23 that was supposed to be a slam dunk and it wasn't. We have seen polling get better. Joe Biden's approval rating with Gallup, which hit a record low in July, is up six points to 44 percent, his highest in a year. Look, we still got a ways to go, but This is the right direction. And I got to tell you, Joe Biden is on fire. (laughs) You know, like we saw him when he gave his speech, when he was signing the Inflation Reduction Act, and he called out Republicans. And it was so great to see Joe Biden call out Republicans because not a single one voted for it. Right. So I thought that's Joe Biden we need to see. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The Joe Biden we need to see was on full display in Maryland tonight. He went to an event for the Democratic National Committee. He spoke. He didn't just speak. He was riled up. Let's play the first clip from Biden in Maryland tonight. Folks, we're just 76 days away from the midterm election. 76 days. And to state the obvious... There's a lot at stake. So I want to be crystal clear about what's on the ballot this year. Your right to choose is on the ballot this year. The Social Security you paid for from the time you had a job is on the ballot. The safety of your kids from gun violence is on the ballot. And it's not hyperbole. The very survival of our planet is on the ballot. Your right to vote is on the ballot. Even the democracy. Are you ready to fight for these things now? Well, then you need to do one thing. Vote. Vote. You got it. You got it. So this again, Joe Biden tonight. Aaron Ruper, the great Aaron Ruper at A.T. Ruper on Twitter, who uh, writes his own newsletter, Public Notice, uh, does a great job of catching the clips. And I had a different open plan for tonight. I was going to talk a lot about this, but I started watching these 
<laughs> remarks from Biden, and I got fired up. I was enthused. <laughs> I got to tell you, Joe Biden's never done that to me before. He is unchained. Maybe the dark Brandon meme has gotten to him. But we are seeing someone who is completely empowered, and he is riding a wave right now. The Democrats are riding a wave. They have made progress for the American people. They are doing things for the American people, showing that the government can work for people. The Inflation Reduction Act, of course, is huge. Reigning in prescription drug prices, it's going to make it easier for seniors to afford drugs. It is so important. There's more to do. We know that, especially on climate. But they made the biggest investment in climate change in the climate crisis ever, ever, and saved the Affordable Care Act. And they've done other things in it that we're just starting to find out. Remember how the Supreme Court tried to gut the Environmental Protection Agency right around the same time they were taking away a woman's right to choose? Well, guess what? The Inflation Reduction Act corrects it because the court said, well, Congress didn't do blah, blah, blah. And they the Democrats in Congress said, oh, yeah, we just did it, Supreme Court. So we're game on, back on. See, uh, EPA can now regulate greenhouse gases. It's great. Like, that was like a surprise that we found out about. And then yesterday, yesterday, the cancellation of student debt. That is huge and is having a huge impact. You can tell it's having a huge impact by the insane reaction of Republicans who are just completely apoplectic about what Biden did. I'm going to play a few more Biden clips, but I also want to get into a Twitter thread that the White House did tonight that got me even more charged up. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes, too. But I, I, you know, we are in a new place. We are in a new place and we have to lean in and own it. We have a great show for you tonight. In a few minutes, I'm going to be talking to Jevin Hodge, who's running in Arizona's first congressional district. It's a Republican held seat held right now by a sleazebag Republican, which they all are. But this guy's particularly sleazy. David Schweikart, he's been you know, he had to he was fined by the FEC, fined by the House for ethics violations, barely won in 2020, almost got picked off in a primary on August 2nd. Jevin won his primary big, really exciting candidate. I think this is a race we need to keep an eye on. In the next hour, we're going to talk to Charles Gaba. I got to know him because he did a lot of work on the Affordable Care Act and keeping track of how many people are signing up. But he also has done this amazing thing where he keeps track of which races are competitive and makes it easy for people to donate. And he has raised so much money. And I want to talk to him about why he did it, how he did it, and the kind of races we need to keep an eye on up and down the ballot. So that's the show. And but right now, I do want to play one more clip of Joe Biden. Then I want to get on the phones. This in this clip is as he's getting close to the end of his speech, he really lays it all out, what's on the ballot. Let's play the other clip of Biden. My friends, we offer a starkly different version and vision of this country, a vision of a better America that's within our reach, that's within our hands, if we just vote. If we elect two more senators, we keep the House and Democrats, we're going to get a lot of unfinished business we're going to get done. Folks, look, we'll codify Roe v. Wade. We'll ban, we'll ban assault weapons. We'll protect Social Security and Medicare. We'll pass universal pre-K. We'll restore the child care tax credit. We'll protect voting rights. We'll pass election reform and make sure no one, no one ever has an opportunity to steal an election again. Again, that was Biden tonight out in Maryland, completely fired up. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? 
In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Tell Me Everything here on SiriusXM Progress. I mentioned at the start of the show, we're going to be talking to a candidate in one of the most competitive house races this fall. That is in Arizona's first district. And I am really excited to be joined by Jevin Hodge. Welcome to the show. It is a great honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really excited to be able to talk to you because, like I said, this is one of the most competitive races this year. You're running against a Republican incumbent who's um, had his own share of ethical violations. And uh, let's start. Oh, Jevin, introduce yourself to our audience for those who don't know you. Uh, definitely, definitely. And, and again, you know, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And thank you to all the listeners tuning in today. My name is Jevin Hodge. I am running. I am the Democratic nominee in Arizona's first congressional district. And as Joe highlighted, it is one of the most competitive seats in the entire country. And I know we're going to dive into that a little bit later, but a little bit about me. I'm an Arizona native. Born and raised here, son of a single parent. My mother raised my brother and I by herself. I'm a business leader, the president of the longest running Head Start in the state of Arizona. And I'm standing up every single day to fight to protect what we've worked so hard uh, to cherish here in this country, our, our, our basic freedoms, our rights, uh, access to affordable health care and attacking the climate crisis head on with 21st century jobs. And so really excited to be here uh, today uh, and deeply excited for the, what is to come here uh, because our greatest days are yet to come. Oh, it's really it's so true. So, um, Jevin, you've got this amazing background and do this really important work. How'd you decide to make the leap and run for Congress. <laughs> you know, it is uh, it's it's funny because uh, the the example of how I decided to do so is is is, is really cliche. Um, my community summoned me. My community asked me to run. See, I, I got my opportunity in life. My I, like I said, I grew up in a single parent household. We were on food stamps. We lived in affordable housing, didn't have a car until I was a sophomore in high school. Right. I, I bust my tail and went to one of the nation's top universities on a Pell Grant. But it was through faith and hard work and, and the support. And I want to make sure that every Arizonan, every American has the same opportunities that I had. And so when the opportunity presented itself for, for me to run for the Congress and uh, when my community asked me to do so, I couldn't resist. I actually, uh, I just came off of a race. I, I ran for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors in a district that was twi twice the geographical size, uh, about a quarter of a million more people. And uh, my race was a, a very difficult one. I, I ran in a, a district that was a Trump plus five district and um, I nearly won the thing. I uh, on election night we were up by twenty five thousand votes, and uh, uh, fifteen days after the election, unfortunately, I lost by four hundred and three votes. So I <sighs> wanted to bury myself back into my work and organizing in our community. But uh, you know, a big part of leadership is stepping up to do the job when the job's not getting done. And so we're we're here now, and we're doing what we need to be doing, fighting for the future of this country. So um, then just for everyone, you know, Arizona went through redistricting. The numbers have changed. The district have changed. Tell everyone where Arizona's first congressional district is. Arizona's first district is home to Scottsdale and Phoenix and Maricopa County. I mean, we our district is beautiful. Some of the greatest resorts, some of the most beautiful mountains. After the redistricting process, so our district is one of the very few districts in the country where President Biden won, but is currently held by a Republican. And, and just to put it in perspective, in 2020, uh, President Trump, Martha McSally, who ran against uh, Mark Kelly, 
And the current Republican incumbent won this district by about four and a half points, 18,000 votes. But after redistricting, we inherited new parts of Phoenix and, and other parts of the district. And this district moved about five points in our direction. Uh, and the outcomes of this district that I'm running in was used in the 2020 election. President Biden, Senator Kelly, and the previous Democratic nominee would have won by a point and a half or more. So we're writing that sweet spot of what truly is a swing district in this country. And our district is really going to be the example of, of, of what engagement looks like moving forward, especially with everything that is on the line. Well, and there are so few competitive districts and we are seeing momentum over these past few weeks and months for Democrats. These are the exact kind of seats we need to win if we're going to maintain control of the House, even expand control of the House. So you had a big win in your primary a couple weeks ago, like a commanding win. How is the general election unfolding? And I'm really interested in what you're hearing from voters. What are the concerns you're hearing most? Well, I, I think that uh, the, the primary election, if I can just take a point of personal privilege, Jill, to talk about that. Um, of course, of course. Uh, it, it tells a, a narrative of, of this district. And the reason why I say that is in the Republican primary, it was a three-way primary and majority of the Republican voters in that primary voted against the incumbent. He didn't win with the majority, he won with the simple plurality. And that is very telling because that means that even Republican voters are fed up with David Schweikert's leadership, and they're ready for something new. And on top of that, if you look at the outcomes of the uh, the gubernatorial election that happened on the Republican side of the aisle, extremist Carrie Lake did not win this district. Folks want logical, practical leadership. And as we're talking to voters here on the ground, that's exactly what they're talking about. Folks care about uh, what the future of water is going to look like. Folks care about the protection of their rights. Folks care about access to affordable and quality health care. How are we going to attack the climate crisis head on? What are we going to do for the local economy? Folks in this district care about kitchen table issues. They care about the bread and butter issues. And they want to make they want to know that they have someone in the United States Congress that is fighting for them, not against them. Which shouldn't be too much to ask, yet here we are. <laughs> here here yep. we are, right? Um, and, you know, I mean, look, the, the whole, the, the political world paid very close attention to the primaries. You mentioned your primary, you mentioned the, now the, Demo the Republican nominee for governor. They also have a Republican nominee for Senate, who's really very extreme. Same thing for attorney general, same thing for secretary of state. It just it just is so different in, in, in terms of what the Republican Party is. I, I did a uh, I do my show State of the States and I talked to state Senator Christine Marsh a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. who is terrific. And I, I just think she's awesome. And she was describing just doing door to door and how so many Republicans tell her they don't have a party anymore. And, 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 and that exact point, Joe, I don't mean to cut you off here. No, please. But, but, but the one thing to highlight here is that Republicans aren't bad. They're not bad people. What, what, what is happening right now, there are people infiltrating the Republican Party that are doing bad things. And and I'm hearing the same exact thing that's in Senators Marsh, the entire her entirety of her district is in my congressional district. Oh, and I'm going to do yeah. everything possible to help her get elected because she is a she is one of the best legislators we have here in this state. But but the, the true nature here is the fact that, you know, we want a democracy. We want a government where people can work together. We have folks right now in the halls of Congress in elected bodies that have worked so hard to tear down what we have worked so hard to protect and to preserve. And we need leaders that are going to be on the front lines to uphold the basic principles that makes us uniquely America, right? That makes this country what it is, right? The, the example, the, 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 the beacon of, 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 of liberty and freedom for all. And you have folks right now in the halls of Congress that are working to, 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 to work against everything that we stand for. And right now, this election is so important. And I know everyone hears this, that every election is the most important election of our lifetimes. 
This one truly is because every election is, but this one truly is because it's going to dictate what the future of this country looks like. If we lose the House in this election here, we can't guarantee that regardless of what the 2024 presidential election results are going to be, if they will be certified. If Katie Hobbs is an elected governor, uh, Carrie Lake is campaigning right now on the fact that she's not going to certify the election. Our democracy is not flawed. Our electoral system is not flawed. We have folks that want to create this narrative so that people can be scared and live in disbelief. And we have to combat that. Well, you know, I, I was just thinking about, as you were talking about that, and the election denialism that comes from so many of the top Republicans in your state. And your opponent, David Schweikert, voted against certifying the election. Let's not overlook that. But then I listened to you earlier talking about your election and how you lost by 400, just Mm -hmm. over 400 votes. And you just said, yeah, I lost by 400 votes and you accepted it. It wasn't like you didn't go into a rant. You didn't say the election was fixed. It was none of that. You accepted it because that's what we do in a democracy. Exactly right. Right. And we don't have that anymore. So uh, I don't want to spend too much time talking about your opponent, but we should take a minute or two to talk about him because rarely is someone called out for ethics violations and getting a $50,000 fine from the House and $125,000 from the FEC. I mean, mm-hmm. and voting against uh, certifying the election and joining the Republicans to vote against codifying Roe v. Wade and protecting con- contraceptive rights and same-sex marriage. I mean, you got yourself a pretty hardcore MAGA Republican on the other side. That, that's exactly, exactly right. And, and and it's so rare. I mean, right now you look at the, the United States House of Representatives and you rarely see unanimous votes, right? But the entirety of the United States House of Representatives voted to convict David Schweikert. They all agreed, Republicans and Democrats, Democrat members alike agreed that this individual is not good for our republic. And that is telling in itself. And when you think about someone who is spewing the rhetoric that climate change is folklore, a woman doesn't need the right to choose, that gave a 10 minute floor speech, that diabetes doesn't exist, that it will, how do we explain that to our grandchildren? That, that we have leaders that are doing this. We need folks that are going to make sure that we uphold and protect the, the values that, that this country was built upon. It's so true. I mean, you know, it is really an election of our lifetime. So, OK, we've been getting a sense, you know, from watching around the country of the momentum and mm-hmm. What are you sensing on the ground, Jevin? What are you picking up? And uh, are, are, are Democrats um, motivated in Arizona? Are they feeling it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think everyone's feeling it right now. And I think that uh, and what I'm feeling is folks understand what is at stake. And I think that, you know, let's look at the special election in New York. That election is very mm-hmm. telling. You have the uh, special election for Lieutenant Governor Delgado's seat, um, a, a district that is very similar to my district. When you look at the the, the scales here uh, and, and the voters there truly speaks Democrats in, in nearly every special election since the 2020 election have all outperformed the Republicans because Democrats are motivated and fired up here in Arizona. Folks understand what is at stake. Folks are ready to get out there to knock doors. And and one thing that I think that we need to make sure that we're highlighting, we don't need people and we don't want people to participate because there are bad actions happening from the other side. We want to give people something to be inspired about, something to vote for. And if you just look at the the recent legislative accomplishments of the United States House of Representatives and the United States Senate, I mean, we've passed the greatest climate action law with the Inflation Reduction Act uh, that we've seen here in recent history. I call it the inflation buster. The inflation buster here is going to do nothing but tremendous things for our communities across the country. We've seen the bipartisan uh, infrastructure package that is going to bring millions of dollars in of investment into our local communities, into our local economies. We look at the fact that the United States House of Representatives has passed a, a 
cap to a ban, a cap on insulin to cap insulin at, at $35 a piece. You look at what is happening right now. We, we ban burn pits near uh, 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 to protect our troops. We are doing the work of the American people and we need to remind folks what is happening here and inspire them to participate for something greater than themselves. Right. And, and it's not so much that, you know, the other side is doing bad things, but we are delivering and folks understand that and they feel that and they know that and we're going to see the outcomes in this upcoming election november 8th is going to be a good day for us i i'm feeling that too and it is it is very much a one-two punch because they are doing bad things and you got to call that out and you have and you've mentioned you know abortion and and the other issues and you know the democracy at stake but it also Mm -hmm. Being able to deliver for the American people and Arizonans and, you know, a cl- the climate issue is it's 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 not coming to Arizona. It's there. It is um, here. Yeah, it is here. And we have an opportunity here. And one of the things I talk about often on the campaign trail to make Arizona the renewable capital of the country, we have the greatest commodity, the sun that we can capitalize on and we can make Arizona the solar infrastructure capital of the world. And we have Arizona State University. There are are some of the greatest community colleges in the country. Grand Canyon University. We have the talent pipeline. We have the innovation that is here on the ground, but we need the elected leadership leaders that are going to be on the right side of history to make sure that we're bringing the investment back that we need here. Arizona is an oasis of opportunity, but we need leaders that are going to be on the front line fighting for that. Well, and I want to tell our listeners, I saw a poll today uh, of the district that showed Schweikert is vulnerable with significantly net negative favorable rating. It's tied. First blush, it was tied. But once people knew you, you moved ahead 53.45. I saw that poll and I was really excited about it. Now, you know, it's just a poll and, you know, but it's just a good snapshot for where you are. Yep. And it proves what we've been saying. You can win. And I want to say, Jevin, talking to you is really exciting. I mean, I love talking to <laughs> candidates anyways, but I had checked out your social media. And the one thing I really get a sense of from your campaign is that it's fun and there's joy. And that really comes across uh, from you. Uh, in this conversation. So uh, you, you seem to be having a great time campaigning. You, you know what it, what it really comes down to? And, and it's funny and it's just super simple. I love people. I love people. I love learning new stories. I love trying new foods. And when, when I, in every interaction that I have, I am authentically me. And I, I you know, I have nothing to hide. I, I, I speak my values. I talk about what's important and, and what I'm fighting for. And, 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 and I try to do so in a way where I can connect with the individual, the group, whatever it may be, where they are, meeting them where they are to learn about. I, I, and I say this often on the campaign trail. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. I try to take every <laughs> opportunity to listen and learn so that I can be the best representative possible. See, like, look, I'm not going to the United States Congress to be an ambassador for the 50 percent plus one that elects me. I'm going to be I'm going to the United States Congress to be a legislator for 100 percent of my constituency, to be a leader and a fighter for 100 percent of my constituency so that I can be someone that they can be that they can depend on, regardless of where they are at on the ideological spectrum, but someone that's going to be there for them. And and also just, you know, as a, as a point here, I have the best team in the world. You know, I love coming to work every day at the campaign and, and I'm still working full time as well, but I love coming to campaign with my team because we, we, we genuinely enjoy doing this work. And when you have folks that enjoy doing the work that they're doing, you see the results. And I think that, you know, like you said, the social media, you know, the, the interviews that we do when we're out talking to folks, the videos that you see, it tells that story because we believe everything that we're saying, we're inspired by everything that that we're saying and we want to bring people along with us on this journey well and i think a lot of our listeners will want to help you on that journey and they can go to jevinhodge.com and donate that's what i would encourage people <laughs> to do donate yes. volunteer if you're in arizona you all know this is this is a pickup opportunity in one of the states where we really need a great turnout on Twitter at Jevin Hodge as well. I, I have so enjoyed talking to you this evening. Thank you. Keep in touch with us. 
Keep in that touch with like us here plan. at SiriusXM Progress, okay? And Thanks, thank you Kevin. so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here with you. And to all our listeners today, stay inspired, get involved, and let's do this together. Thank you so much. Let's do it. Thank you so much. This is Joe Sudbury. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, I always say I'm excited about our guests, and I always am. But this is someone who is making it so much, so easy for all of us to donate and participate in elections around the country. I know so often we're trying to figure out who to give to, what we should do. And our next guest, Charles Gaba, has made this so easy. Welcome to the show, Charles. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm really... (laughs) I get very excited about this kind of work because I think it is so critically important. And first, so introduce yourself to our audience and just give a quick overview of why you started doing this um, work to really help raise money. And then we'll dig into it some more. Uh, sure. Thanks. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm most known for uh, running a website called ACASignups.net, uh, which is basically I focus on uh, healthcare data policy analysis and, you know, all things related to the ACA and healthcare policy and that sort of thing. Um, that's what I'm most uh, known for, uh, primarily on Twitter. Twitter is really the only social media platform that I, that I frequent. Um, but, um, back in the, you know, the 2020 cycle, just as sort of a, a sideline, it really just as a hobby, really, I just decided to start, you know, helping raise money for Democrats up and down uh, the ballot. Um, you know, as obviously a lot of people are doing or were doing and are doing. Um, but I really started kind of delving into how act blue, uh, you know, which is the it's it's become the preferred online fundraising platform for you know I think something like ninety percent of Democratic candidates across the country, and they have all sorts of tools and different cool things that you can do with their platform. And so I started experimenting with that, and basically I just started creating these. Um, uh, they call them tandem pages. Basically, they're slate pages where you take you know multiple Democratic candidates and uh, you know uh, progressive organizations. And you basically lump them together onto the same donation page. And it makes it very easy for people to, you know, to donate to if they want to, they can donate to multiple candidates all in one shot. So it just makes it very, very simple. And there's a lot of different things you can do with that. So I just started experimenting with that and, you know, raising money for, you know, here's a bunch of Senate candidates, of course, and then here's a bunch of House candidates and uh, went from there. And, you know, one thing led to another. And of course, the 2020 cycle was a, uh, <laughs> you know, was a crazy cycle. And I ended up raising considerably more than I had originally anticipated for a whole bunch of candidates. Okay, so I did know you through your uh, healthcare work. I, one of the people I was always checking, you were always giving us the updates on what was happening with the Affordable Care Act, which is incredibly important <laughs> that 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 work. And then what really caught my attention was um, the way you didn't just look at United States House, United States Senate. You went down. You went down into state legislative races. And that, of course, is one of my passions. It's why I do state of the states. And I actually use your um, information when I'm looking to say when I'm looking at a state and I think which which candidate should I talk to? I always can tell 
who to talk to by who you have pulled out. So um, what what got you going into, you know, because like you said, most so many people are raising money for how U.S. House and U.S. Senate candidates. What got you decided to go down into the state legislative arena? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the, the main reason I got into you know the online fundraising in the first place was basically because what I found is that, well, I've, I've been politically active for, you know, decades. I, I've discovered over the years that I'm I'm not very good at a lot of the stuff that activists you know are, are called for. You know, I'm I'm not very good at canvassing or phone banking. You know, I I hate handwriting you know, for postcards, <laughs> things like that. Um, but what I found is that I, you know I I, I have a, a small following on Twitter. I, you know, I have a, uh, a decent. I'm like, I'm like a C level Twitter celebrity, I guess you'd call it. Um, and, uh, you know, I most that was mostly for the healthcare stuff, but I figured, well, I have this online, you know, uh, supporters, and this seems to be something that I'm pretty good at. So, you know, I gave it a shot and just went from there for the the state legislative races. Um, yeah, that that's the thing is that uh, what I realized is that the 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 marquee races you know especially the senate of course right you've got you know raphael warnock in georgia and mark kelly in, in arizona you know this cycle um and of course the ones we're looking to flip in you know, pennsylvania you know fetterman and uh tim ryan in ohio and so forth i mean those yes of course those are extremely important and but at the same time like they're raising a lot of those are raising gobs of money anyway like without my assistance <laughs> um so I decided in, in last cycle, um, I ended up raising, I, I originally hoped to raise like a quarter million dollars for the entire you know period. And I ended up, <laughs> ended up raising over $6 million, <laughs> which, you know, it, it was just insane. I mean, uh, especially after Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, of course, that was right, you right. Know, a very scary time for obvious reasons now. But what I found was that something like 80% of that was going towards these Senate races, right? Because that was the huge focus was because the Democrats, they held the house, they, they had picked that up in 2018, but now they wanted to flip the Senate. And so there was just tons of money pouring into those races. But um, I decided to, you know, look at, well, okay, where can I actually make a difference in some of these other races that uh, aren't getting, you know, nearly as much attention. And of course, that would be, you know, primarily the state legislative, uh, legislative races, um, which have been ignored by a lot of Democrats for many years. And, you know, it's kind of, kind of, <laughs> kind of biting the, biting them in the butt these days, because that's where a lot of the, you know, the political action, the big decisions and such are being made, especially with things relating to democracy, you know, redistricting and, uh, you know, uh, how, what powers the Secretary of State does or doesn't have, you know, the actual election apparatus, a lot of that is controlled by the state legislatures. And of course, it's, so it's extremely important to, uh, to, you know, to try to, to um, win, win those. Um, so in 2018, I did have a bunch of pages that were devoted specifically to state legislatures. Uh, this cycle, I've, I've sort of upped my game. And so now uh, for the 2022 cycle, that is where my primary focus is. And I'm really, really drilling into, I think I had like seven or eight different states last time around. This time I have over two, I, I've I actually just uploaded Oklahoma <laughs> uh, just before the show started. Uh, I have like two dozen states covered now where I have individual uh, you know, active pages where with multiple candidates running for state house, state senate in all these different states um, across the country, uh, where it just makes it easy for people to donate to. You know, you can donate to one, you can donate to two, you can donate to all of them, whatever you want. But it's just you know a very easy thing to do. Um, and so that's really where I think the focus has to be. I mean, the obviously the senate, the house, statewide races, though governor, you know, secretary of state, those are all very important as well. But I'm kind of putting my main focus on the state legislatures. Yeah. And I, I, you know, that's why I do the show State of the States. I always say Republicans use state legislatures for three things. One, they use them as uh, pipelines for their version of talent. And so many of the biggest nitwits in Congress right now came up <laughs> through the state legislature on the GOP side. They use them as incubators for their crazy ideas. You know, the NRA was is a big instigator there, but all the anti-abortion laws. <laughs> done in the states. And then they use also use them for voter suppression through gerrymandering and um, voter ID laws that they really worked to 
prevent people from participating in the process. And I swear for years, if you said to Democrats, started talking about state legislatures, some of the, I'm being a little facetious here, but it would feel like D.C., you know, a lot of the D.C. professional class would say, oh, they have legislatures in the state. Isn't that cute? What do they do? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what we what we know now, Charles, and and, and you've alluded to it, is there really is a pipeline from state legislatures to the United States Supreme Court. The Dobbs case came from Mississippi law. The Texas abortion case, SB8, that pretty much gave us an indication of what was going to happen. And Clarence Thomas flashed a signal to the state legislators around the country, come after contraception, come after same-sex marriage. And there are state legislators around the country doing just that. So these state legislative races are so important. How do you break down... um, Within each state, now in a couple, it's different in each state too, because some states Democrats have a real chance to take a majority, like in your home state of Michigan, which is a very real possibility. I've talked to some terrific candidates from Michigan. Same thing in Pennsylvania. Um, but how do you decide within each state which candidates you need to focus on? Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing is that because because you know, I want to stress that this is because this is not something that I do, you know, for a living. Like I don't sure. spend all my time on this. I am not in a position to like personally, individually, you know, vet, uh, do a detailed, in-depth, you know, vet of every single candidate. Especially because you know I'm raising money for so many of them, right? Right. Um, so what I'm primarily doing uh, this cycle, anyway, is I'm I'm using a there. There are two main sources that I use. There's a, a, a C. C analysis is uh, mm-hmm. um, one site that uh, that sort of focuses a lot on state legislatures. They're, they're, they they do you know for state legislative uh, races they do something similar to like the Cook Report you know and uh, um, you know Larry Sabato's Crystal Ball you know those sorts of things do for for congressional districts. But they do this for you know state legislatures and then also uh, Dave's redistricting. Uh, which is a great you know, election wonk data site for, where they you know they go into the actual um, you know the the PVI rating you know uh, the partisan rating for each of these different districts and they've all been updated for the new you know the the post redistricting right for the new districts um, with one exception Montana apparently their theirs got delayed so they're not using the new ones until 2024. But basically, what I what I do in most cases is I look at the districts which are rated as being within ten points either way. You know, basically uh, D plus ten or R plus ten or in between. Um, and that's they they use it. It's sort of a um, it's a composite score based on like the last two presidential races, their governor's race, and then I think like attorney general. You know, uh, and they sort of combine all those together. And they say, okay, you know, here's what this district, how red or blue or purple or whatever it is, rated. Um, so I look at those, and then from there, you know, then I look to see if the if there's a candidate running because, in a, especially a lot of red, you know, like Oklahoma and Wyoming and so forth, in some cases there are wide swaths of, of districts for their state house or state senate where there's nobody running, even and in some cases that's even in districts that on paper should be competitive, you know. Yeah. Um, and of course, this is exactly the problem is that if you ignore the state legislature for too long, then this is what happens. Nobody's even bothering to run in some cases. Right. So I, I sort of whittle it down from there. And then and then of those that are left, then say, well, how many of them have an actual, you know, Act, Act Blue account? Because not every not every Democrat uses Act Blue. There's there's NGP Van and there's other, you know, some are just using PayPal, you know, or some other some other uh, fundraising uh, tool. Um, unfortunately, you know, the way they have to have an Apple account for me to include them on the page. Um, And so uh, what that comes down to is, you know, there might be out of a hundred districts, there might be, you know, 15 or 20 or whatever in that state that are competitive, that have a dumb running and they have, you know, the live account. And then that's basically where where I I put them on that page. Um, I do make a few exceptions here and there Uh, here in Michigan. I do have several, several candidates listed who are not 
who don't fit the, that exact criteria. But that's because I live in Michigan. I've lived in Michigan my whole life. And so, I, you know, I, I mean, some of these candidates, I know them personally. So I can like say, well, they don't technically, you know, on paper, they, they, they aren't within 10 points. But I think that they have, you know, I know that area and I know that Canada and they're running a really good campaign. And so I'm willing to, you know, um, take a chance of, of throwing them on there as well. But that's pretty rare. And in, in something like 95% of the cases, it's basically just, you know, by the numbers. Which is, you know, it, it makes it so easy. Look, Act Blue. <laughs> I love Act Blue. I, I, I love Act Blue. And every now and then I, I will check my Act Blue account and think, oh, shit, I didn't know I'd given that much. And I don't give a lot. <laughs> but, you know, you give 25 here, 25 here. It adds up. And the other thing is the way you set, have it set up, you can donate. So if there's 10 candidates and you donate 20 bucks, they're each going to get $2. And that might not seem like a lot, but... 200 people giving $2 to each candidate. These races in many of these states are not that expensive. Some of them, yeah, some of them have gotten very expensive, but every little bit helps with state legislative races. And the other thing I always point out, the state ledge candidates are the ones knocking the doors. They're the ones, I feel like you're, you're talking, you know, you're getting better information when I talk to them on, on state of the states than I would from any focus group or poll. They're actually knocking the doors, hearing what the issues are, and also doing the get out the vote. So if, if you have good state legislative candidates and competitive districts, they're increasing the vote turnout, which is going to help the uptick at races. So investing in state ledge candidates, even a little bit, is going to help the candidates up the ballot that you're worried about. That's kind of how I look at it, too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and that's, you know, you're sort of getting into, uh, and I've written a couple of um, kind of lengthy, you know, threads on this uh, a few weeks back uh, about, you know, the philosophy about, you know, fundraising and how you approach it. Who do you support? Who do you not? And, you know, and and, and there's, you know, there's this, uh, there's really two two main schools of thought. You know, one is, well, you should only focus on, you know, the winnable districts, right? Or the, the winnable states, right? And, and, and ignore everybody else, you know, only the winnable ones. Um, and, you know, being pragmatic. And the, but the other, the other view of that is, well, if you do that too much, then, you know, you de Democrats get discouraged, especially, you know, in these uh, rural areas, you know, red areas. And so, again, nobody even bothers running or they run, but it's just a shell campaign. Uh, and, you know, you lose any presence there. So, you know, that's sort of the Howard Dean 50 states you know, strategy and all that. You know, no Dem left behind. Right. Um, and that sort of thing. And I, I agree with that. And I sympathize because it, it's got to be it's incredibly frustrating if you're a little blue dot in a big red you know area and you're trying to run and you're getting no support whatsoever um and so i i try to i try to balance that as best i can for for statewide races you know governor uh senate well senate of course but governor attorney general secretary of state uh for the statewide races i try to include every uh republican held state uh even the no matter how crazy you know deep red it is uh, I include them on there. And my reason for that is because in those cases, most people know that, you know, South Dakota is a, is a red state, Oklahoma is a red state. You know, So if they're choosing to donate money to that candidate, they're not doing this line. They know that, you know, they, they understand that and they have their reasons. At the district level, it gets tricky. And I wish that I could include everybody. But the problem is that there's like over 7,000 state legislative yeah. districts. And I'm just one guy doing this in my spare time, you know. Um, so, uh, but, but what I do, you know, I mentioned, I just uploaded Oklahoma for the state legislature. People, people have asked, well, why are you including these red states? You know, Oklahoma, it's, they don't just have Republicans don't just have a majority. They have a super majority, right? And, you know, Democrats are not going to win the majority there. Well, no, no, they're not. Okay. They're just, they're not, at least not this cycle, but maybe they can break the super majority, you know? And as you just said, helping you know helping uh them at the uh, local level it also helps you know up ballot up ticket you know call it reverse coattails if you wish um but it also but the bigger thing is that it helps rebuild the brand it helps rebuild your presence in that state you know so that you aren't just abandoning huge chunks of the country forever right which is kind of what happened in a lot of areas and so now you have to reverse that and the only way you're going to reverse that is to put some resources into there and i realize you know it's a tough decision you know you get you got 50 bucks and you want to donate it who do you you know do you donate it to one that you to someone you think you can win do you donate it to someone who you who you're pretty sure isn't going to win but at least 
it'll help. Uh, it, as you mentioned, if you boost, uh, you know, was like one vote for precinct or whatever in a close statewide race, you might, you know, like look at Ohio. You know, Ohio is red-ish, right? But if you can, and, and the state legislature is pretty solidly Republican, but if you can boost the uh, Dem turnout one or two votes per precinct in these like rural, you know, Ohio areas, okay, maybe the state uh, House or Senate candidate, maybe they won't win, but it might be enough to, you know, push um, in, uh, the, uh, you know, Tim Ryan or you know someone else who's running statewide over the top. So there are different reasons uh, to do it. It's not just necessarily about because you honestly think that this particular candidate is going to win this seat this year. Maybe they're a great candidate, just stuck in a bad district, but you see potential for them to, you know, you want to encourage them to run for a different office down the line, you know? Yep. So there's lots yep. of reasons. Yeah. And look, in, in each, in each, each district going to be a little different and kind of, you know, heavily Democratic districts. You want to help them because they're going to boost the turnout. And like you said, in rural parts of parts of some states, they might not win, but they're going to increase turnout and close the margins. And that's how Democrats are going to win at the top of the ticket, too, by boosting turnout in their strong areas and closing margins. And um, that's why, you know, I, I just feel like the attention given to state legislative races. Um, it's getting better. <laughs> it's getting better on the Democratic side. But that's why I also feel, Charles, that what you this what you have put together is so incredibly important. And it makes it easy, you know, because especially when you start thinking, I'd like to help state legislatures, but what do I do? I guess you could give to the DLCC if you want to, but you can also go to uh you have it really easy america blue and 22.com you have the states all listed you click on the state and there's your options if you have an act blue account and get an act blue account actually you don't it's, you don't even need an act blue account uh really you just need a credit card you know that's right 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 i i i, I having an act blue account makes it too damn easy <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, yes it really does like that amazon one click thing right yeah, it really it, it does. And uh, my husband and I have this discussion quite often about because <laughs> every now and then we'll compare notes on who's given what. We're like, holy shit, we're 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 but we can and we have to because democracy's on the ballot. So hey, let's just let, let, give me a sense of how do you think things are going um, in terms of uh, the money you're raising and what's your just sense of the mood? Like, has it picked up this recent these past few weeks as things seem to be really improving for Democrats? Uh, yes and no. It's it's hard to say because, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm comparing against 2020, which was such sure. well, you know, first of all, of course, this is a midterm, not a presidential election, right? So there's, right. you know, there's going to be some differences there. Um, also, the fact that Democrats, you know, have, at least on paper, a, a trifecta, you know, they, they do control the White House, they do control the House by a sliver. And of course, they have the 50-50, you know, plus you know, tiebreaker uh, majority in the Senate. So but so there's not uh, especially on the Senate side, there's there there's it's harder to get people to say we need to add two more. So we have a real majority. That's a harder sell than what we need to get the majority, you know, because then you bring the filibuster in and that sort of thing. Um, and also, as I said, uh, you know, you, you had Trump in the White House last time. But on top of that, like I said, when, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, uh, I saw a, a it, it was the week I'd say for about a week after that, it was shocking. I was raising like ten thousand dollars an hour for a, a few days. I think I raised like three million dollars or something in the week. You know, that's half of what I raised the whole time was in that week after she passed away. And of course, it was because people were scared to death of exactly what ended up happening anyway. Right. <laughs> uh, with yeah. the Supreme Court. But um, so comparing against 2020, I don't know is is uh quite fair i uh did recently break half a million dollars uh and this is for all the candidates combined up and down you know and in, in, this includes federal state you know legislative etc so i've broken half a million i'm i'm hoping to hit six hundred thousand by labor day um as you mentioned uh one thing that is different this cycle is that i i did compile all of these uh links together in one place at america blue in 22.com and it's just a very bare bones, you know, 
well, it's not really a website. It's just a, a web page that literally just has text of text links. You know, here's the links, bing, 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 pick your state, pick your, and, and so on. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to, you know, I don't think it's going to end up being on a dollar amount uh, nearly as much as it was last cycle. But again, of that $6 million that I raised last time, um, about $5 million of that was for the U.S. Senate, you know. And so the other million was spread across every other race. This time, it's a more even mix. So the total amount may not be as high, but I think that the you know that the portion going to the down ballot tickets is going to is is it's considerably higher as a proportion of the whole. Um, and one thing I will say, you know, uh, you mentioned the DLCC; they're great, and, and I'm the, I'm not doing this to you know to rip on the DLCC or the Triple sure. C or any of that. But the main reason that I, one of the reasons I started doing this is because there are some people who they just they just prefer donating directly to candidates, you know. Yeah. Because when you donate to an organization, you know, you're of course you're trusting them to to use that money wisely and you know deciding who it's, who they dole it out to. But some people just prefer to pick and choose themselves, and that's fine. And so that's why I did this, and this is just an easy way to to do that. Yeah, and and uh, that and, and I love it. I mean, look, I I've used your I follow you on Twitter, and I. I'm constantly going back to your Twitter thread <laughs> to see, you know, to look at different races because it makes it easy. And, you know, I, I would prefer to give, to give directly to candidates. And I like the idea that I can give to a bunch of them all at once. And knowing it's not that much, it might be just $2, but $2 to a candidate, but it's just really important and it matters. Every dollar matters. And I know our listeners are really engaged in giving. And um, that's why I thought it'd be fun to have a conversation with you because you have really thought it through and you've made it so easy for everybody. And I'm a big fan. And I really, I love what you're doing, um, Charles Gaba, on Twitter at Charles underscore Gaba, G-A-B-A. And like you said, the website, americabluein22.com. Thanks for coming on and sharing this because it's just fascinating. And I love love the whole story of how you decided to do it and and the good that you're doing. So thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. And I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. It's something I'd wanted to do for a while, so I'm glad we could do it. Uh, Let's take a break here on Tell Me Everything. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Tell Me Everything, and my name's Joe Sudbay, and I want to get on the phones because we have some callers who've been waiting, and I see Stephen in Kentucky, and thank you for holding on, Stephen. I hope you were listening earlier when Brian from Oregon was singing your praises. Oh, yes, I do adore Azulation. Thank you so much, Brian, <laughs> for that. I do appreciate it. Uh, being compared to Tennessee Williams, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a that's quite a boost. I you know I was thinking though I did like one of his I liked several of his plays, but one of the ones that doesn't get as much recognition is that um, the Night of the Iguana. I did like that. I really did. I think that was a little underrated, especially the film version. I, did you ever see the film version? Uh, I have seen the film version. It was filmed down in Puerto Vallarta, and there is a restaurant in Puerto Vallarta called Iguana that is in the house 
that Elizabeth Taylor rented while she well uh, she and Richard Burton well Richard Burton was filming the movie, and yes, it's, uh, yes, rum, it's spectacular. Rum Rum cocos yes. is what they served. Of course, I think we all need a rum cocoa after these last several years. They need to call it the cocktail party, to hell with the tea party, and to hell with the coffee party, quite frankly. I think we need something a little stronger than that. Um, I was calling tonight. I, I wanted to ask a question about something that I don't really understand. And perhaps someone can uh, enlighten me about this. As far as this Mar-a-Lago business is concerned. I was under the impression that after every administration that they are required to change the access codes, the nuclear access codes. I wasn't... What puzzles me about this is why was a former president allowed to do this to begin with? He's not supposed to have that information. He's supposed to turn it over. So it's it's really a, a clear-cut case here, you know. And he can sit there, and he can huff, and he can puff, and he can try to blow the house down. We've all seen this little temper tantrum before. The fact is that what's really sad to me about this is we're dealing with someone who is obviously severely mentally ill here. I mean, he, he's going around saying that these are my papers, my papers. No, dear, they're not your papers. They belong to the people of the United States. That's why we take them to the archives, obviously, duh. <laughs> you know, I mean, and these MAGA people, you know, I would love to have them answer this question for me because they love they love to lay the blame at the doorsteps of his detractors, whether they have legitimate criticism or not. My question for this group is where the hell were you people in 2020? You you people, there was the writing was on the wall that your candidate was going to lose, and yet you chose to listen to Fox News and all the other sycophants out there. I knew that Biden was going to get the nomination and that he would win five months in advance of his winning. It, it, the writing was, like I said, the writing was on the wall. And I guess the two questions that I would pose to these people is, number one, how do you prevail in an election by alienating over a majority of the population. That's number one. And number two, Mr. Trump, and not many people bring this up, but we, well, let's stroll down memory lane for a moment. The fact is, Mr. Trump said during those debates with his successor in October of 2020, he kept saying that a vaccine was on the horizon. A vaccine was on the horizon. You know, he kept saying this all the time. And yet, this man was admitted at Walter Reed Hospital in October of 2020. He was administered a cure. And for someone who's supposed to be such a brilliant business tycoon, where the hell was he at? Uh, He talks about Biden sleeping on the job. I think he was sleeping on the job because (laughs) where the hell was he at is what I'd like to know. And I'd love for his sycophants to tell me, why don't you all, you all want to always act like you know everything. Well, if you know everything, please, oh, wise one, enlighten us, because I would love to know where the hell you know, I mean, I just love to hear their – and as far as Justice Thomas is concerned, that man is a walking gonorrhea, venereal disease ready to happen. <laughs> I mean, he should stick – he really should stick to Coke cans at Long John Silver's restaurant because that's what he always <laughs> obviously had a penchant for to begin with. And by the way, I hope Justice Thomas is listening tonight because, dear, let me just enlighten you about something. As long as we're going to travel down – you know, we're going to hark back to the good old days. Does that mean that your marriage is going to be invalidated too? Because if we're going to be go start going backward, you know, we're going to go back ass work, back ass work backwards. Then I guess that also includes his marriage. And I'd love to know, quite frankly, when it is his terrorist wife is going to be charged. Because quite, maybe if they had more going on in their personal life right now, rather than. You know, obviously what's going on, maybe he wouldn't be so interested in trying to ban contraception and all of this other stuff. That's what amazes me, Joe, is with all these individuals that want to talk about banning sex. Oh, my God. 
they want to ban, you know, all this uh, critical race theory in schools. You know, they want us all to just skip down Pennsylvania Avenue with the big Stepford smile on our faces and act like we don't know what the hell's going on. The point is, does it not dawn on these geniuses for a moment that children are very naturally inquisitive? I was naturally inquisitive as a child. I did many things my parents told me not to do, and I did it anyway because that's part of exploration. That's part of our adventure as children. I'm sure you did the same thing. I'm sure many of your other callers did the same thing as well. And the fact is, by making this a forbidden fruit, as these people are doing, they are just going to – these individuals are going to do this for the wrong reasons they are. And that's exactly what they're doing. And also, these abortion laws, we've been down this road before, too. I mean, if they don't believe me, I suggest these individuals start looking up 1964 abortion debate, crooks and liars, Google it, because then you'll hear an actual debate from the summer of 1964. There were nine panelists who were talking about this issue. There was one woman, unfortunately, they didn't have more women, but they had mainly the men who were um, participating were primarily in the church. But they cited cases. There was this one case of a woman, a nurse, who in 1962, she uh, was from upstate New York. She was attacked in the parking lot going home from uh, her job, and she had gotten pregnant. And she, all the ordeal that she had to go through in order to even uh, get them to consider performing the operation. Well, well, um, Stephen, um you know, and we're starting to hear those stories now from women oh, having yeah. to go through ordeal. And your state, Stephen, your state is going to vote on an abortion ban in November in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's it's um, it's it's Rand really Paul doesn't like me, by the way. I've gotten into it with him before. As a matter of fact, I thought about challenging him a couple of years ago when he he made a smart ass remark about the arts. And I happen to be an artist entertainer myself, and he said that the NEA and the NEH were a terrible waste of time. And I told him, I said, well, so is your tenure in in the Senate, obviously. And I said, maybe if you got that sheepdog removed from your head, maybe you'd obviously generate some brains up there, obviously. So he and I didn't hit it off at all, quite frankly. And he's and quite, I don't know if you all knew this or not, but he's rarely in his office either, by the way. Now, McConnell does have a professional staff. I'll give him credit for that, although I don't like his secretary in Washington. She's, uh, she's one of those types that uh, wants you to tell her, and I don't tell anybody. Obviously, if I want to talk to somebody, I'll talk to them directly. I don't want to go to a, through a flunky, obviously, if I want to talk to them and I have something on my mind. And quite frankly, with McConnell... I have gotten into it with him a few times before as well. I have, and I, I won a couple of years ago. He wanted um, my family to contribute to his campaign, and I said, "No, I'm not going to contribute to it, but I'll contribute to that uh, uh, that uh, campaign to get that turkey waddle removed from your neck." I said, "Obviously, oh, you've had that for years, oh, clearly." Yeah, I said, "Maybe you should think about getting some cosmetic surgery, perhaps." You know? Oh my God, Stephen! I get, I get, I get it. I'm sorry, I have to go because we're just about at the top of the. Hour, but um, thank you for your call today. We all needed it, and I don't think any of our listeners are surprised that Rand Paul wouldn't like you, and that's what makes us like you even more. Stephen from Kentucky, thanks for your call tonight. Um, I had hoped to get a few more calls in, but um, and I apologize for that. Call tomorrow night because I'm going to be here. And I, I, you know, I do love talking to our great SiriusXM Progress listeners. Uh, great show. And this, I really enjoyed this show. I, you guys, I love talking to Charles Gaba and Jevin Hodge. Wow. He got me so inspired. I love talking to candidates because there's just a lot of energy and a lot of joy. And we have a lot of work to do. We know that. But we're going to make it happen. Stay strong. Stay in the fight. We're going to do it together. I'll be back tomorrow night here on Tell Me Everything. Thanks to Chris and Thea, as always.